You're listening to 66.6 FM Radio TOVH The Flush Well hey there everybody It's me, Joe Thrash and Kill And you're listening to another thrilling episode of The Toilet of Hell Radio Show uh, I'm joined today by my right hand man you might know him as the internet sweetheart. You might know him as the golden boy. You might know him as 365 Days of Horror. Or if you're good friends like we are, you might know him as Jordan. Jordan, how are you? Since it's Labor Day weekend, I am taking it, taking it, taking it easy. Nice. Uh, the cool thing about holidays, I've, I've never been one uh, who respected holidays or did anything for them. So that's ideal because I have to fucking work <laughs> like t- tomorrow, actual Labor Day, all of those things. It's great. <laughs> well, you'll see a couple peoples with uh, their fingers blown off in fireworks, maybe some alcohol poisoning. Maybe someone gets a hot dog lodged in their throat. It's a whole cornucopia of this weekend. Who's fucking lighting fireworks for Labor Day? That's some degenerate shit. That's what I think. Anyway. People that have leftover fireworks from 4th of July and Memorial Day. That I guess that does check out, yeah. No, that's a day to, you know, honor the labor movement and also to just kind of write up near alcohol poisoning, but don't go over the limit. Uh, so remember those tips and you'll have a fun and safe holiday weekend. Um, the data, it's the data order a lot of things at Starbucks through mobile and then just not pick it up because oh you support the labor movement. Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> you just gave me like a minor stress headache thinking about that. <laughs> Um, 20 shots of espresso, foam, latte. I don't buy anything from Starbucks, so I'm just saying words. Yeah, no. I mean, I, I'm i a big coffee drinker, but I, I like to keep it pretty simple where it's, you know, hot coffee. And if I'm feeling pretty wild, maybe some uh, some milk. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. Won't that hurt your tum-tum? Um, I like to do the uh, the fake milks. Uh, I, so ah, right oat now, oat milk, soy milk. Yeah, I've got. I've right now. I'm sipping on a, a coffee with an oat milk, uh, and you know what? I did get fancy with it. I heated the milk up, the oat milk up, and then I fucking uh, whipped it with the little thingamajigger. You know the the goddamn what is it called? <laughs> it's like an inversion. The, the oat milk whipping machine. Yeah, that's what it is. Anyway, uh, I whipped that shit. So there you go. Um, uh, anyway, uh, do you, do you ever have recurring nightmares, Jordan? Constantly, whether I'm asleep or awake. Yes. What do, what do you have? Like, what's one that sticks with you on a regular basis? What theme is it explored there? Uh, I mean, zombies, zombies are always a good standby. Uh, the other big one is, uh, you're in school and you haven't gone to class all semester and maybe you can't find the class, or it's the final is today and you haven't studied. All, all those sorts of just being unprepared and can't find where you're going. For sure, yeah, that's that's a classic one. For years now, I've had uh, a recurring uh, dream where I'm supposed to play a show, uh, but I didn't bother to write any music. Uh, so the entire dream, like I'm going about my day thinking to myself, like, I got to get ready for the show. I probably better write something and just putting it off and putting it off and putting it off and not having anything ready for, for music by the time that the show comes around. You're just like, God, I fucked this up so bad. I'm the, I'm the worst. So it's wild to me that like, uh, 
I, I don't really play music anymore, but I, I have this recurring dream of being unprepared uh, for some kind of performance. And then we've done 400 episodes of this show where I don't think I've prepared once. <laughs> you don't need to. Because uh, we have no literal audience that will see you, so no one will throw anything at you if you flub this up. That's true. Yeah, um, I guess people will just stop listening to the show. Um, that's not true, though. I did prepare a few things. It's just not going to be the tightly scripted, uh, you know, extravaganza you're used to. Um, you didn't. You didn't prepare a feast. Do you have maybe some Stouffer's lasagna warming in the oven? Maybe some funyuns. You know, you're doing what you can with what you have. Yeah, we got some crudite at least. Um, Wanted to ask okay, you. You're ready to run for Senate in Pennsylvania. Now. Exactly, exactly. I wanted to ask you before we get into the show here. How have you been? Anything going on with you? Uh, there is or was something that was going on with me. I did a guest podcast. I was so nice to break free from the shackles that is Joe. <laughs> uh, I was on the Diary of Doom podcast. I think it's going to come out not this week, but next week, where we just chatted about metal in general uh the website this podcast all sorts of fun stuff for uh, an hour and a half so if you can't get enough of me on this show you have a whole extra show that you can listen to as well love it um do you know where people can find that when it does come out you can find it on diaryofdoom.com and it's on podbean and the, you know anywhere else that you could find your various podcasting things when you're done listening to whatever weird things that are super popular now with podcasting. And I'm not talking about like Joe Rogan or things like that. When you look at these top 10 lists or top whatever, it's like two blonde moms is like the number eight podcast in the world. It's like, how, <laughs> what is this? How did this happen? And then if you look into it, it's actually like, Oh, you're the daughter of someone famous. Okay. I mean, that makes sense. That's, that's how it goes across everything. Right. <laughs> it's like it does. And, is that a segue? It's not quite a segue. It's a teaser. Uh, we'll okay. jump into that because I have another note I wanted to add here before we really dive in. Uh, don't know if we mentioned it. It probably did, but going to mention it again. Uh, Patreon.com um, and search there somewhere for, for Toilet of Hell uh, where you can access the Toilet of Hell bonus content. I wanted to plush it again, push it again, um, our episode that we did with Breno, focusing on his uh, days as a bad kid. I think that's a really good episode. I know you guys like listening to Breno. Uh, if you like Breno, that's the that's the episode for you. Um, go to Patreon, Toilet of Hell, all of that stuff. Give us a little bit of money. You can listen to that along with a shit ton of bonus episodes and a shit ton of playlists that I spend unbelievable amounts of hours making for you guys. <laughs> um, it's so worth it to see the smiling faces of our Patreon. That's, that's absolutely true. I can't stress this enough. I work really hard on those playlists. I don't know if anybody listens to them or not, but I work super hard on them. And also the bonus episodes are good. So go to there, give us some money, etc. It lets us know that you like this episode because we don't ask for anything of you here. On with the show. Can we move on with the show now? We can move on with the show now. Okay. Uh, I accidentally opened up the uh, toilet, toilet of Hell inbox uh, this morning when I was trying to go to my uh, school inbox. And I saw a, uh, a promo 
uh, for a band called Non Vector. Um, and it got me thinking, man, like if we've, I think we might have used all the names, so we have to go with the, the, the negation of names now. I think that we need non Slayer. Yeah, un un Metallica. <laughs> Dis Pantera. <laughs> I mean, that was a whole genre of hardcore for about ten years. <laughs> um, I, I think it's time to negate what we have built thus far. I think. Uh, I think if uh, it could be like a fucking uh, instead of like Cannibal Corpse, you could have like. Uh, like an omnivore corpse or like a herbivore corpse, perhaps. I, that's a good gimmick, vegetarian corpse. And I mean, we have cannabis corpse. Why not just do an all vegan cannibal corpse tribute your own band, whatever weird hybrid they've actually become? Shit, maybe I need. Uh, I'm going to write this down in my ideas log of things that I know are great ideas, but I'll never ever do. Um, put it on your dream board and start actualizing. I do need to, you know, actualizing is the next step. Um, so, you know, just as a thought process in mind, if you're looking to start a new band, consider the opposite of what a current and successful band is. And that's what you can be. <laughs> we desperately need to get out of the one name, one word band name thing. It's It's been enough. <laughs> we... I mean, we premiered and nothing against these guys. We premiered a band a week or two ago that's just called Algebra. It's like, man. Um, I saw some, <laughs> I saw some uh, not so happy replies to people that obviously didn't like listen to the music. They just weren't going to listen to the yeah. music. They just saw the name and like, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Algebra is very traumatizing for a lot of people. I can't. And you know what, guys? I get it. I get what you're going for with the name, but you can't blame people for having this reaction. <laughs> I mean, it's just like people don't want to listen to Dying Fetus based on the name Dying Fetus. Sure. Some people don't want to listen to Trigonometry or um, Sophomore Year Spanish Class. Fuck, just, that one's traumatic too, to me too as well. Too many bad memories. <laughs> too many bad memories associated with middle school and high school. And, uh, most people don't want to relive that, and they don't want to be like, "Oh, who are you listening to?" Uh, geometry. Yeah. Oh my God, that's uh, that's brutal. Yeah, I'm listening to uh, health class. <laughs> I'm learning. How to I'm apply. listening to Driver Zed. They rule. <laughs> Driver Zed actually is kind of a good name. I like that one. Um, okay, that just wanted to add that note in here before we got into the show. So. Here's the the main topic I wanted to discuss today. You ready for this? Yep. So, uh, do you follow Tank Crimes online? Yes, I do. On Twitter. Yeah, uh, Tank Crimes, awesome label. Uh, Scotty has been running this shit for 20 years. Uh, everybody from Ghoul to Municipal Waste uh, has appeared there. Fuck, uh, Fucked Up has done a number of releases through Tank Crimes. Cool dude. I've only heard good things uh, from the bands that have worked with him. A uh, ton of great releases. Always, always working hard. Also, I think he moved out uh, to the middle of nowhere uh, in a trailer uh, to start a pot farm in addition to uh, to doing his label, which I think is uh, pretty, pretty sick. I love the commitment to the ideal here. <laughs> Um, so he uh, he represents the catalog of uh, of dystopia. Are you familiar with those guys, right? 
I know the name. It's worthwhile checking out. I mean, like, it's it's definitely like anarcho hardcore shit. Uh, so, you know, not a big fan of capitalism, I would say. <laughs> <laughs> Which plays into what you're going to explain now. Uh, of course. Uh, so, you know, they're crusty boys. Uh, you know, for some reason, uh, the crust. Uh, visual style is in vogue, I guess. Uh, among the aesthetic. The aesthetic. I, I don't quite get it. So um, somebody pointed out uh, to Scotty at Tank Crimes over here, there is an online re- retailer called Havoc Worldwide that is currently selling uh, maxi dresses uh, that have dystopia artwork on it. The band logo like uh you know the the name of the album human equal garbage and the same font across it uh, for 155 dollars so uh this person asks uh, scotty here like do you think the boys got paid <laughs> and uh, of course scotty says here i'm gonna quote him hell no total disrespect this is apparently d snyder's daughter making these dystopia is a band not a brand and we are easy to find right here with a quick Google search. The Life is Abuse webpage is still online as well. If you want a crust, crusty dystopia wedding dress, please do it yourself. He adds here, shout out to all the skateboarders who use dystopia music in their, in their videos and have zero problems finding, finding us and contacting us for permission. <laughs> yes, we're going to take. Yeah. Yes, we're going to take it. So one of the songs I think that's best known uh, in the dystopia catalog is called Stress Builds Character. There's a line from it that people I've seen quote you know, a million times, I don't even like money, uh, which is in the context of a song like, I don't even like money, but this world is fucking suffocating me because I need money to live and to breathe and to survive. So just... A little bit of, you know, kind of like putting your cigarette out in an open wound for me. <laughs> uh, did you uh, did you have a chance to browse around Havoc's uh, store to see what else they're selling? I did, and it was just thoroughly uninspired. I mean, if we've talked about uh, the children of celebrities before just failing upwards just because of uh, whose genetics they share, and this is a good example of that, just not really having much skill or talent or doing anything original. It's just, yoink, I'm going to take your album covers, I'm going to take your aesthetic, I'm going to take whatever it is you do and just slap it on some sort of not particularly attractive dress and charge exorbitant amounts of money for it. Correct. Because I can. Correct. So with, like, the crusty bands, like, you know, Dystopia, you know, they're not really an active band anymore. I guess you could... You know, you would be wrong to do it, but you might think like, okay, well, they probably don't care if I bootleg their shit, right? But there are other bands like, uh, for example, you can buy a um, a tank top with the Jane Doe album art on it Ooh. <laughs> for sixty five dollars. <laughs> I've seen that before. And if you don't think those motherfuckers have lawyers, you're wrong. <laughs> like I, I. I there, there are other bands that have been long broken up that, you know, their their logos, their album art are, you know, pasted on here. But the fucking Jane Doe album artwork, you got to You got to know better than that. You're better off just trying to rip it off and changing it slightly 
that you have more of a chance than just nah. Here's the thing. Yeah. Um, and then oh. like hiding behind the DIY punk rock attitude of uh, nothing matters. I'm gonna do whatever I want and charge 155 dollars for a dress is kind of smacks in the face of what you're actually pulling from. Absolutely. And there's so much stuff on here. Like it's, it's number one, it's expensive. Number two, like this is, you know, we talk about edgy boy shit a lot on the show and, you know, our fondness for that. This is edgy girl shit to the point where if I saw, granted, I'm not a fashion person. I never have been. I don't really understand it, but I, I have an idea of like aesthetic ideals and what kind of works with, you know, with that kind of thing. So if I see somebody, you know, wearing uh, any of this shit out loud, I'm just going to think to myself, you look like a dickhead. <laughs> it's, you look awful. <laughs> I can't, I don't know what's possessing you to uh, wear the uh, the poorly screen printed hardcore for life uh, tank top that costs fucking $50. I mean, it's not meant for us, is it? It's meant for the people who can afford these things that don't actually like the things that they are representing it's like i said an aesthetic it's a look it's a vibe you're you're going out to some sort of expensive concert at uh, pnc bank art center or enron field or wherever for your one con night where you're going to be in the vip suite or you're going to be uh, up on the side of the stage because you can afford it and you have some sort of status and you get this expensive punk rock dress because i don't have anything else like this so there's that maybe throw on an expensive leather jacket and some uh ray-ban fancy deaf heaven sunglasses and you're good to go you have your look for the evening i guess so i i will reiterate that you you could do that and i will say god damn you look like a dickhead <laughs> it's 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 a bad look in my opinion we need an edgy girl correspondent to to explain the, these fashion choices to us because right, we're just schlubby guys. What do we know? I, I know that we got a couple of edgy girls out there that listen to this. Please come on the show. Please explain fashion to me. Uh, mm-hmm. My wife tries to explain fashion from time to time. As far as I can tell, what's currently cool uh, is looking like uh, you are one of the burnouts from Clueless, which... Uh, Works for me. I've kind of been dressing like that my entire life. <laughs> so like baggy shorts and bicycle, or uh, baggy shirts and bicycle shorts. Yeah, I, I recently got a a big floppy hat uh, for you know utilitarian purposes because it's I'm trying to you know protect my face from the sun, uh, and apparently that's that's fashion as well. So I'm fu- I'm fucking killing it over here, Jordan. <laughs> the fashion maven that is Joe Thrash and Kill. You know it. You know it. Um, yeah, edgy girls come on the show. Let's, let's talk this out. Let's figure out what we can do here. Cause like, I'm trying to think about previous, uh, editions in the edgy girl canon. I think the, uh, a few years ago, it was like the dolls kill shit. Uh, that was a cool edgy girl look, I guess. Um, didn't much care for that. Also, I think the dolls kill lady is a huge dickhead as well. And before, yeah, th- I think so. Too. Before that there was, um, you remember Blackcraft? Sadly, I still need to do some articles about the their garbage merchandise that they used to sell. And they also very, very briefly had a wrestling company that I believe put on one show, WrestleMania weekend, and it was an utter disaster. I, I could be wrong here, man, but th- that feels like that brand does not overlap with wrestling at all. I mean, 
metal people in their 20s and 30s being interested in drinking and stuff i don't know i guess they're just fans and they generally like metal in the sense of will steel metals valor will have <laughs> t-shirts that have We'll have T-shirts that have burning churches on them that say "Stay lit," wink, wink. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but I guess there's just that little Venn diagram of we like metal, we like wrestling, and there's Blackcraft in the middle trying to do both. I get. I, I associate um, wrestling with a more schlubby sort of metal, uh, whereas the Blackcraft stuff seems more too cool for school. Well, it's. The way wrestling is now is, yeah, you still have your WWEs, but and you've gone to a party world wrestling and all these things that are in bars and VFWs and just non-traditional venues for uh, wrestling in general, nightclubs, things like that. And it's for people in their 20s and 30s to go out and have a good time. And these are usually concert venues, too, where I guess they're just trying to hope for that we're disaffected soon-to-be middle-aged people and trying to hit the sweet spot of both. Huh. I am a disaffected soon-to-be middle-aged people, unfortunately. Uh, it sucks, man. Uh, not a big fan of that. Um, Did you see that uh, Chemis had also responded uh, on Twitter to um, this shirt-stealing dress issue? No, I completely missed that. They were kind of piggybacking off the uh, what you know, Tank Crimes is talking about and how Redbubble is notorious for just having tons of shops straight up selling other bands album oh, art yeah. and their their own merchandise. I've and, seen I've seen uh, that. You, you can go look at it right now. At, I might still be toilet of health stuff up on there too. I know that was a thing for a while when we used to sell shirts. Good luck. Um yeah. With and Chemist had said that they had sent multiple takedowns to like Redbubble about this, and it's things like the Metal Shop or the Metal Zone just selling banned stuff on cheap, inferior quality items. And there's only so much that the bands can do, and fans should have enough sense to understand why something on Redbubble may be ten dollars, where on a band's website the shirt's twenty five dollars. Like. Don't give money to these people that are ripping off the bands that you like. Absolutely. And okay, so I kind of have I kind of have complicated feelings about bootlegging, right? Like there there are <laughs> there are instances where I think bootlegging is okay. Uh, and they're rare, but they do exist. If you want to do a bootleg Redbubble thing of like Mickey giving the finger to Goofy, that's the only way you're really going to get it unless you know someone who screen prints it. Yeah. And they think, you know, that's okay. Disney ain't missing that $15. I mean, your alternative is getting like a Sanguisigabog shirt because they're probably going to make that in the next five minutes. Um, but, you know, it's use your own judgment. I think Metallica is going to be okay if you just get uh, a shirt with the Ant Justice for All album cover on it for a couple of bucks versus whatever bands charging exorbitant amounts for merch that doesn't look good though the one time that i got a bootleg shirt was when i went to ozfest in 2005 mm -hmm. the one good year where actually like lots of good bands were on it and wicked wisdom and the shirt they were selling in the venue only said i think black sabbath and iron maiden 
it didn't have any of the other Jesus. bands on it and and it was like fifty dollars this was fifty dollars back in 2005 that's uh unconscionable so leaving the venue leaving the venue i saw someone was selling bootleg shirts with all the band names on it for ten dollars and i'm like here you go my good sir um yeah no that's i i think the last bootleg i bought was a criminal damage shirt uh, from a seller on Etsy. Uh, and I wanted the shirt because I thought it looked really good. And do you know how I found that shirt to begin with? Like I was trying to find the band online so I could give them money for a t-shirt. But the band itself uh, decided that they didn't want to have a website, didn't want to have any social media profile whatsoever, did not want to host their music online. <laughs> so... Well- you have no other choice. In that case, yeah, I, I wanted the shirt. I bought it. Uh, it. It looked like shit after about five washes. That's on me. That's on old Joe there. <laughs> yeah, I won't call out the band. I don't want to embarrass them. But I recently bought uh, my first like fresh band shirt in a long time. Wore it once, and it already has a hole in it. Seriously, dude? Yeah, I'm not happy because... I had to ship it from another country, so it was a little expensive. Oh it's like, God. well, fuck. <laughs> and it's not even like on the seam or something like that, because that happens, things fray. It's just like randomly on the side. It's like, mm. I guess I can keep my arm straight whenever I wear it so no one can see the hole. After one wash, that's that's probably one of the worst t-shirts I've ever heard of, man. Uh, yeah. So that being said, I'm not exactly some kind of paragon of virtue here when it comes to fucking bootlegging stuff. Here's the thing, though. I'm not uh, taking a band that, uh, you know, all of the members are still alive. Like, they still care about their their legacy. Uh, just taking their shit and putting it up online for, you know, edgy girls with extra, you know, a ton of disposable income, apparently, uh, as a, a fashion choice. I think that that sucks ass actually and just knowing that it's fucking d snyder's stupid kid that makes it even worse like i think that it's established in the lore of this show that i am not a big fan of d snyder uh so you know just having another reason to hate him and his dipshit kid is great we just discovered a whole new level of metalheads being mad at uh, uh, Kim Kardashian for wearing an Exodus shirt, or this past week, Lil Nas X wearing a ghoul shirt. Oh, that was cool, cool as hell, though. <laughs> um, so then this is the next level of not only are you taking someone else's stuff for your fashion per- uh, purposes, you're the child of a musician, and you're charging a lot of money for it. I'm going to start booting, bootlegging uh, Twisted Sister merch that nobody will buy because I don't know I don't think that boomers buy bootlegs. <laughs> if you put their name on some sort of expensive alcohol, they might. Maybe that's that's almost certainly true there. <clears throat> um, so yeah, there you go. Uh, I, I don't know uh, this. I don't know how many of these are actually going to be sold. Uh, the Havoc Worldwide website seems to be a very poor quality. Uh, links on the website itself don't seem to work. Um, having trouble connecting this with any real human being, aside from, you know, uh, getting word from Scotty that this is uh, D. Snyder's dipshit kid. So, uh, I don't know. Um, I think um, probably not a ton of these sold. 
but if I do see somebody wearing these uh, IRL, I'm going to make fun of them. Now we got something to wear for Maryland Death Fest next year. Oh, yeah. We got to look good. Wait, not next year, though. They're not going to do it next year. They're going to do it the Two year Two years. Yeah. Uh, we were right, uh, kind of, that they would stop doing it, but they did lie to us a little bit. <laughs> they lied a lot. That they did. Um, I saw this uh, this headline online this morning, and this uh, this one's kind of kind of kind of got me puzzled a little bit. I wanted to run it by you, see what you had to say about it. It says Corn's band assistant discusses running the teleprompter for Jonathan Davis at live shows. Did you know that Corn uh, used teleprompters at live shows? I didn't. I have heard that like Rob Halford will use one. Um, a couple of the older metal bands use it, and I don't know. Some people have been up in arms about it. I don't particularly care. It doesn't make a difference to me. It does sound funny though that there is a corn teleprompter that says "boom bada beady bada boo" on it. Yeah, I'm, I really Jonathan Davis has to has to put his glasses on and squint to make sure he can see it. Well, I would really like to know what it says for those you know scatting breakdowns. Like, is it just like asterisk scat asterisk for like twelve bars? Parentheses um, gorilla noises. Yeah, I, I would love to know that. Um, so I was like, I don't know, this is, this seems kind of odd to me that you would need a teleprompter for songs that you wrote. Uh, but then I realized that like Korn has put out 10 albums since I last listened to them. (laughs) That's a lot of records. That's hundreds of songs there. So (laughs) were you ever a Korn fan? No, I've never owned that. I mean, I'll say like there are a couple of songs that I like from youth, but like I never actually owned an album. I remember when uh, Follow the Leader came out and friends that I knew that didn't like, not even metal, but like, didn't like rock music, bought that album. Um, but eh, never seen them live. Just not. You know, they are what they are. And if anything, I prefer the older stuff. That's fair. I mean, the la- yeah, the last album I bought was Issues and... I don't know what, 1999, I guess. Uh, so I liked those four first four ones, and just looking at their Wikipedia right now, I'm like, fuck, you have a lot of records. I am not familiar with the content on any of these. I guess, yeah, you might need a, a teleprompter. With that many songs, uh, especially, you know, if you might have abused meth for that long. Yeah, and it's a, it's a long time you know 20 30 years for some songs especially for ones maybe you don't play every night like yeah you should probably know all the lyrics to blind or got the life but if you bust out uh, an ass itch or something like that then yeah you probably need a little reminder every now and then or you know if anything it, it might also not necessarily be lyrics on there it could be indications of when to break or even a countdown of a clock of when to come back in, they may be helpful as well. Uh, if things are being loud, your hearing's not as good as it used to be, you know, that's, that can help you get along as well. Hmm. I don't know. It's uh, interesting to think about. I also think about like all of the ancient old dudes that I've seen uh, play live before. Like, I know that you're like 90 years old and your brain's blown away with like you know, drug and alcohol abuse. How, how are you still able to remember all of this stuff? <laughs> because someone wheels them out and tells them what to do. Uh, this The teleprompter talk actually just reminded me of something. If you want a little inside baseball in the world of politics and campaigning, Always. I have a little tidbit. 
Uh, I, so I, as a reminder, I worked on the Obama campaign when he ran for president the first time in 2008. And uh, if people weren't around back then, don't remember, well, we had raised so much money in small donors that he was able to buy airtime on a bunch of the major networks for essentially like a half hour long commercial and, and during prime time, which you know hadn't been done before. And it was a lot of, you know, amber waves of grain type stuff, backstory. And it was like three quarters of this, 25 minutes, let's just say, were this long infomercial. And then the like the last couple of minutes were him speaking at a live event, you know, in a packed arena. And the timing had been set up where the commercial ends, you know, the infomercial ends after 20 something minutes and then it cuts live to his speech. And as soon as it cut live to him, he addressed America directly. It's like commercial over America. I am reaching out to you tonight. Like that thing, like perfect timing. And the way that they did that is they had on this teleprompter in front of him, a countdown of when the infomercial started so letting him know how much time he has left in his actual speech that he was giving at the time. And then, like, you know, with a minute left, it started flashing, like, letting you know, like, you need to get this timed up Wrap right. And then, in, like, up. the last, <laughs> yeah, in the last, like, 10 seconds, it's like, you got to get ready now. You got to hit this now. And, like, that's how they did it. So maybe something like that could be helpful for, like, uh, a Bruce Dickinson or Ozzy or some of these older metal musicians to kind of know not only the lyrics, but like, Hey, you have this much time left to get a sip of water and to towel off or, you know, the chorus is coming back. You better be ready. I guess, I guess that does make sense. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, with, I, I'm sure that a a corn show, you know, these guys are playing pretty big spots. It's a pretty tightly scripted affair. So it makes more sense that way. Uh, it's just you know a little bit uh, a little bit of a uh, abstraction from what you think about rock and roll music, right? It's like you wrote the song, you should practice it and play it, and remember it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess stage shows or costume changes if they try to do any of that, but I think age is just taking a toll on these bands that. that you know, have been around a long time. And well, I don't know, it doesn't bother me if they use one or not. Like it, people try to make a thing in politics that of like, oh, this guy uses a teleprompter. Cool. Do that. Say real words. Don't just go off on weird rants and make fun of uh, reporters for having handicaps. Actually stick to the script. You know, I, I, I know what you're talking about here, but like at the same time, the Going the willingness to kind of go off the cuff there did lead to some very funny moments for Trump. <laughs> like there, he did have some punchlines here and there. Uh, so at least there was some excitement outside of like, yes, America is good because America is great and all of those things. Uh, you could instead hear about you know how you know uh, Diet Coke is poison, but we're still going to keep drinking that garbage. <laughs> Enough to have a button dedicated to getting one whenever you want it. I mean, that, that really is the dream. Uh, well, not Diet Coke because that's disgusting, but like you know, having say a Topo Chico, frosty and ready at my at my disposal would be pretty great. Maybe you could one of those nozzles that they have. At a bar filled with that, and you could just squirt it in your mouth whenever oh, you want. Man, I would fucking love that. That God, that would be so nice. Is it worth it for the occasional getting it shooting out of your nose because you do it too much? 
Absolutely worth it. Plus, you clean out your sinuses. It's like, you know, a neti pot, just, you know, with bubbly water, which means it's probably more And occasionally you, occasionally you might get a brain-eating amoeba from doing that, but worth the risk. Topo Chico is, it's Mexican water. It's the cleanest it can be. So, mm. speaking of 2008, uh, I don't know if you saw that, uh, you know, a, a long-lost artifact from that year uh Blew what should have been a fucking easy bucket. <laughs> uh, did you see that uh, Sarah Palin uh, will not be holding office again? Oh, how sweet it is. I love that. I mean, you say that, but this is one of those weird political things where this was a an election to fill out someone's remainder of a term because the congressman in Alaska died who had been in that seat for 50 years. And apparently was some sort of knife-carrying lunatic who actually threatened people uh, in Congress with Alaska. it. Uh, so this was like a four-month stint, and then they're just going to have another election in November with like everyone. Uh, you know, it is good to see a bad person suffer in real time on live TV and be thoroughly embarrassed, not by, not just by her people, but by her uh, in-laws apparently been campaigning for the other Republican instead of her and like hosting a fundraiser for the guy and like yeah you know we we care about her and stuff but uh, yeah we're going with this other guy and it was enough to I guess split the vote because they now have the ranked choice voting and a Democrat managed to win a seat in Alaska for the first time since like 1973 so that's fun that's cool and the first uh, native Alaskan to hold the seat so hey thumbs up for that it's uh, all. It makes it all the like for the kids that are too young to remember that year. I guess uh, Sarah Palin was uh, a phenomenon uh, in media, <laughs> and mm-hmm. like really I remember like, it. It was really the template for so many of the dumb assholes that we have to deal with all the time now. Uh, so it's it's kind of crazy that you know uh, this this one that broke the mold and then everybody came after following in these footsteps uh, just uh, doesn't have the juice anymore it's sad not hot I mean, you you could pretty much see the straight line from Sarah Palin to the tea party people to kind of where we are now where it's just being extremely loud and extremely dumb and people going yeah yeah they're just like me i'm a fucking idiot too i'm going to vote for them yeah um so Again, like a multimedia phenomenon, like she had her own reality show. Uh, she had a well-reviewed porno based on her, like a big, a big uh, media press. Who's nailing Palin? It was, uh, I, d- I don't know, like if, if they have like a billboard charts for porno, but I assume that that one was like a, a platinum selling perform- porno, right? <laughs> a- AVN award winner, I will assume. Okay, yeah. Because, uh, uh, yeah, I remember jokes about who's Nail and Palin were inescapable for, like, a period of two years. Things move so fast nowadays, people don't talk about shit beyond one week. Uh, so For the first Tovarish demo, we used a sound clip from it. Incredible. That's awful, dude. <laughs> what is the sound clip? Uh, oh, my God. <laughs> uh, it... <laughs> It is a scene with two Russian soldiers, and uh, they crash their tank outside of her house in Alaska, and she offers them a drink, and one of them says in a bad accent, no thanks, we're already pretty drunk. 
<laughs> That's a pretty good line. I like that. <laughs> um, moving on here. Uh, I wanted to, uh, to note, uh, I, I wanted to talk about one particular thing, but that kind of led to another. So let's start here. Um, Ozzy Osbourne, uh, somebody that would probably use a teleprompter to link to our earlier discussion, right? 100%. Uh, he has just been announced that he is going to be the halftime performer for the uh, the opening game of the NFL season, uh, the Rams and the Bills, uh, which... This is this is going to touch on a number of things that I'm I'm very interested in at this exact moment. Uh, for for the first thing, uh, first part of this is that um, fuck yeah, dude! NFL is coming back. It's been too goddamn long. You excited? Yeah, we're right at the point in the year where we're hungry. If you're a football fan, you're just dying to see football and not the XFL, not whatever other FLs are out there, not even preseason. Like you just want real games. You want to actually see competition. You want to see people getting their brains splattered for just a a couple of bucks and then fans forgetting about them and they end up – working at a car dealership in their old hometown for the rest of their life. It's, it's football season. Woo. It is football season. And, uh, yeah, I don't, I really don't fuck with like the preseason games. That feels like methadone to me. Like, just give me the, give me the full thing. Like I, I'm not going to be satisfied with, with a preseason game. I need to see the, the stars. I need to see the beautiful stars performing. Um, and you know, that should be a pretty good game. Uh, bills and the Rams there, you know, uh, I, I'd say that it is unexpected to me for a number of reasons uh, that that Ozzy would be the halftime performer there. Number one, because like uh, you know, this goes back to uh, an unfortunate discussion we have every year, where uh, you know Eddie, the Eddie trunks of the world, uh, are you know bitching to the skies like, why won't you let a rock and roll performer uh, do do the Super Bowl halftime show or whatever? You know, granted, this isn't the Super Bowl, but it is a big game, the first of the season. Uh, you know, uh, and uh, it's Aussie. Like that's that's a rock and roll slash uh, heavy metal performer. Uh, so it seems unexpected that he would do this for a number of reasons. Number one, like you know, he's a you know, all of his songs are about uh, trains that are you know uh, not sane, and you know there was all the devil stuff. He got banned from San Antonio for years for pissing on the Alamo. Uh, you know bit the head off a bat devil stuff you know not not wholesome entertainment for the whole family would you say i would except that you know it's they play that music at every game now oh for sure whatever sport you're going to you will hear crazy train you may hear iron maiden um you'll hear this stuff so it's just kind of it's been long enough that it's just become part of sports culture and just general culture you can go to target and you'll probably hear uh i don't know uh, no more tears or something like that so it's not that surprising um i'm just assuming that roger goodell was working in his office and his phone starts ringing it's like god damn it eddie trunk again fine just just book a metal band i don't care anymore stop bothering me. give the baby his bottle (laughs) (laughs) The the weird thing about this to me is like just a week or two ago, there were articles popping up from the usual places talking about how Ozzy was like leaving America forever for England. Um, 
we kind of knew this from a few months ago talking about how they were leaving but this was talking about like gun culture and not wanting to die in america but hey i guess it's good enough to come back for a payday well um yeah i guess they're not out of america yet and you know this this stadium is not that far away from where they you know where they currently live so it's, it's not a bad commute i guess um, it is kind of weird, like, you know, Ozzy's image in the last 20 years has softened after the Osbournes and, you know, all of the, you know, the, the grandpaization of his character. But we are in the middle of another satanic panic. So it's, you know, if people are going to accuse, uh, shit, who is the guy that, uh, performed, uh, the thing in Houston that killed all those people? Um, Never mind. Can't remember the guy. Anyway, people were accusing that guy of being uh, satanic. You know, the guy that has like the Satan stuff all over his gear. You would think that would raise some alarms with him. Anyway, uh, as you were mentioning, those articles about uh, Ozzy moving back to the UK, he specifically said that he was like getting ready to die and he wanted to die in the UK. Is like, am I wrong there? That's what it sounded like. And I think that actually a very fair wish to have to live out your last couple of years where you're from, where you're home, where you're most comfortable. And, you know, we, we've talked about this before. We have to soon come to terms with a lot of these beloved metal musicians passing probably in succession. Like I know we've had Dio and I know we've had uh, Lemmy from Motorhead, but we're going to get Ozzy. We're probably going to get the rest of the black Sabbath guys eventually, you know, Bruce Dickinson has had cancer. Rob Halford has had cancer. And it's just we're, we're hitting that age now. And I, I don't know how prepared we are as fans to just kind of have this domino of one after the other. And, you know, we, we've talked about all these metal festivals that tend to have these older bands as the headliners and not that many newer ones kind of filling in the spot. Once they all go, you're, who are your massive festival headliners? It's, it's going to be like corn. It's going to be so de- sevenfold or yeah, something. Yeah, it's going to be so depressing to see Machine Head like as the top build band on all of these festivals. Like nobody wants this shit. <laughs> and especially with like uh, Slipknot having their own Knot Fest, they don't even need to play these other festivals if they don't want to. They don't need to play a a Reading or a Vakin or a Hellfest or something like that. So, you know, who's to say what we're actually going to get on top anymore? It's uh, it's depressing uh, to think about, and in the case of, and I know that it is going to be a domino effect with all of these guys, but I think that you know Ozzy has been maybe the most upfront about all of his, all of his health issues because it's been so obvious for so long that that's kind of one that everybody is expecting, but a lot of people are suffering from health issues that they're not really quite so open about uh, behind them, so. Just something to maybe keep in mind. Um, if there is a performance that you want to see, maybe you should go see it. That's just throwing it out there. So if you're in the Inglewood neighborhood and you have uh, $7,000, you could go see this uh, this Rams-Bills game. <laughs> it's going to be one of those situations because the long, long-running joke of L.A. sports is that they don't have any actual fans that go to the shows. So Ozzy's going to play and then the stadium's going to clear out. <laughs> Um, yeah, because, uh, I mean, the, the Rams are good, but I don't know if they even, do they sell out their games? They have to, surely, right? I'm, I'm sure they do. They did win the Super Bowl. Yeah. 
Uh, so at this point, when they first went back to L.A. and they didn't have a stadium yet, they went back to Los Angeles Coliseum, and that place was empty. So I don't, I don't get it. We'll, we'll see uh, if they keep their winning ways and if people keep showing up. Um, you know, for it is a status thing for some people to go to, but it is also in Inglewood, so who knows uh so what songs or song do you think ozzy's gonna play because it is 100 percent gonna be crazy train so he's doing so are we gonna get he's doing a medley. oh they already said it he's doing a medley oh. of yeah because the nfl loves to, to do that for performances they do. yeah they, they want to get their most bang for their buck and uh whoever's doing this sort of thing whoever actually owns the songs probably wants to maximize get paid for everything so in that case, we're going to get Crazy Train. We're yep. going to get Iron Man. Yep. Well, I guess we're going to get one of his new songs. Yeah, because his new album comes out the next day after his performance. Okay, so we're, yeah, you're getting Patient Number Nine or whatever it is. Yeah, I guess uh, my question here is: Is it going to be Aussie solo songs that he's allowed to do, or is there going to be some Black Sabbath in there? So. I, I think you kind of have to have at least Iron Maiden, if not Paranoid. Uh, maybe. Um, I'm curious to see, though. I'll definitely be tuning in, uh, and then I'll be super mad when they don't actually televise this. <laughs> well, what they could do is they could start his performance with just the Iron Maiden riff, because that's what everyone knows, and then they go into his own songs. The, uh, the Iron Maiden riff? Uh, Iron Man. I'm sorry. I've been calling it Iron Maiden for the past <laughs> 10 minutes. I apologize, everyone. I knew what you were talking about. I was just like, oh, that's such a weird way of thinking about it now. My brain hurts. Um, no, I'll, I'll Sorry, def- sorry. I'll definitely be watching. Um, I hope that they televise this. Uh, I just, I don't, outside of like the Thanksgiving game and the, uh, the Super Bowl, I don't really recall uh, the NFL really broadcasting halftime shows that often. Do you? Maybe locally in your own market, if they're having a celebrity perform, yeah. you know, especially like nine nine eleven related stuff, they'll do that. Uh, they'll have uh, Alicia Keys come out with a piano singing about New York or something like that. Um, yeah, that's true. Uh, I, I I hope that you know I'll find a way to watch this one way or another. But I want it to see it like while I'm watching the game. That would be ideal for me. While you're on the couch, three beers deep. Eating some snackies. You know it. That's exactly how I do. Um, I wanted to uh, to point out uh, one last uh, story uh, that uh, that I saw recently that uh, that kind of tickled me a little bit. Um, this this year is also from the PRP. <clears throat> um, let's see. It says uh, as a former member of Evergreen Terrace, uh, current member of Stick to Your Guns and Eighteen Visions. Straight Edge guitarist slash vocalist Josh James has enjoyed a long tenure awash in metalcore slash hardcore culture. And amid those decades of service, though, at least one trend within the scene didn't exactly sit well with him. During a recent appearance on the Brutally Speaking podcast, uh, I guess that's about beer, I I don't quite know, Uh, James spoke of what he saw as an influx of musicians who eschewed their traditional ideals of the metalcore slash hardcore movement after the scene's early 2000s explosion into the mainstream. 
Um, you remember that uh, that period right? well, right? Sure. I was there. Uh, so he says, <clears throat> uh, I would say that the change that I've seen over the past couple of decades is that a lot of people exchange the football for the guitar. You know, I've gone on a lot of uh, I've gone on tour with a lot of people and ended up having a conversation with them, newer bands or whatever, and they don't last for that long because it's just there's someone that's like, oh yeah, I'm gonna be in a band because like they don't know anything about the core ideas of what hardcore and punk and all of that is. And they just look at instead of being a jock, they were like, Yeah, I'm gonna be in a I'm a, I watched MTV Made, and I'm going to be a fucking metalcore guy, and I can go, yeah! Shots fired. Yeah. I'm gonna, Shots fired. He continues here and says, I'm going to be a fucking metalcore guy, and go, I'm going to go, yeah! And I'm going to scream or whatever, and I'm going to get chicks, and I'm going to get fucked up on drugs, I'm going to drink, I'm going to be a fucking rock god. And you know that... You see that? There are certain bands that you've seen where they started off in metalcore or hardcore. And whatever, people change, I understand that. But you see people's intentions. And there, you have, there you've seen people that have successfully done it to where they're like, I'm this D-level rock star, and I think that shit's fucking whack. And I, you know, I think that that kind of praise of the ego is a weird thing to do. So, that's his quote there. I think you know exactly what he's talking about. Who could you possibly be talking about? I love when we get quotes like this because it kind of starts off like a broad idea and then it's like, oh, you're speaking about like one person. Yes. Like reading this initially, I was like, I don't know if there's like a real core idea with to hardcore or metalcore. Like, I don't know if that really exists anymore. Uh, but then, yeah, further on, he's like, oh, you're talking about fucking fronds. <laughs> <laughs> Without question, 100% about Franz. And cool. I, I appreciate that and where people should do that. Yeah. So, um, for, again, everybody, sh- if you don't know, uh, Chris Franzak, uh, the Attila vocalist, uh, he was on MTV's Made back in 2006, uh, where he wanted to be made into like a cool rock and roll guy. Did you ever watch that episode? I didn't see that one. Yeah, I have that. Uh, I would say it might be on YouTube. People would still be able to find it, at least clips of it. And I would say that MTV Made did not work. Really? For him. Oh. (laughs) I mean, it took some time, right? I would question if they actually made him into a rock star. Um, I guess someone with some sort of popularity amongst a small scene uh, if that's rock star now then okay yes he has been made he he has achieved uh which is uh, unfortunate for the rest of us yeah that's that is uh, true i would say that like one of the things that doesn't quite connect there though like he starts off this thing he's talking about like dudes that are into into like football and shit like trading their interests in football for uh, for hardcore, and I gotta say, nothing about Franz has made me think that he was like a cool jock guy. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, but I can understand what he's trying to say. Um, and, and we got this also in new metal, just the kind of young, angry aggression that was taken out, whether it's in the pit or by starting bands, um, that definitely creeped into uh, or was actually a part of hardcore and then metalcore because. Around that time, there were plenty of crews and 
I personally saw with my own eyes just gang assaults and fights at shows just because someone moshed wrong or was wearing the wrong shirt. And in one case in New Jersey, someone was murdered. So uh, I can kind of see where maybe he has that idea from. I think it would be good to hear from him expound upon that a little bit more. It's kind of hard to gauge from just that little brief section of the interview if uh, there were other specifics that he was thinking of where that might be the case. And I mean, now obviously the medical scene is just entrenched. It is what it is. We've talked about it before. Your local metal scene has about 50 bands that all do this. So I don't know if it's, you know, we were sports guys, but now we want to get girls or, uh, I am mad and want to yell about stuff. So once I get off the field, I'm going to do this thing now. So, uh, you know, I don't know if he's talking about anyone specifically or if it's just a little bit of old man yelling at Cloud because the scene has changed in 20 years. It has changed a bit. Uh, but at the same time, anytime somebody wants to go ahead and take a shot at uh, Chris Frontag, I'm going I'm to go ahead and uh, I appreciate it. I like it. I think it's good. I'm going to stand behind you with my arms folded, nodding approvingly. Exactly. Correct. Um, so these, these are the things that I really wanted to, uh, to just get out there in the open uh, this week. Uh, did you have anything that you wanted to, uh, to bring up yourself, Jordan? The only thing that kind of tickled me a little bit was Metal Blade has their own vodka now. Why? Is it... Because they can. I guess so. I... I... I don't know if Metal Blade has the cachet where like people are like, I love this label so much, I want to drink its vodka. Uh, have you seen any, like, uh, where, where can I buy this? You can buy this at, get this, MetalBladeVodka.com. Well, you say that, but in Texas, I can't, uh, I can't order uh, liquor online. Metal blade. So you can do pretty much you can you can murder someone because they rang your doorbell in Texas, but you can't buy liquor online. That is correct. Yes, I cannot buy liquor online. Um, which I don't know if that's super ne- unique. I know that you can buy liquor online in like California, but I don't know of any other states. It, uh, all the states are different. You can, depending on where you live, go into a supermarket and get alcohol, but like where I live, you actually can't. So it's weird. For whatever reason, this invisible state line separates me if I wanted to get uh, a tequiza at the local stop and shop. But uh, on MetalBladeVodka.com, for all products for sale, they have one thing. <laughs> it is Metal Blade 40th Anniversary Vodka for twenty one ninety nine, And it has it's a bottle of vodka with a big sticker on it that says Metal Blade. It has the skull and cross swords logo. It says 40 on it, and then it says vodka. And uh, that's about it. Okie dokie. Question. Can you buy liquor on a Sunday where you are? You can, but the, the stores close relatively early. Okay. My uh, biggest beef uh, with Texas, um, you know, you, if you want to buy liquor, you have to go to a specific liquor store, which closes early every day, but is not open at all on Sunday. Uh, and uh, that's... Blue Laws. Blue Laws, so fucking lame. So this year, in honor of 40 outstanding years in metal, Metal Blade Records presents a special limited edition 40th anniversary premium French wheat vodka by Infinity Premium Vodka. 
crafted using only the finest grains of winter wheat from the Champagne region of France. Sustainably distilled five times and filtered through limestone to ensure the perfection demanded by luxury vodka connoisseurs. Carefully crafted at the source of wheat quality and loyally distributed from our home in Dallas, Texas. There we go. Where can I, I should be able to buy this in person, man. Maybe you could do a tour and uh, maybe they'll have bands signing uh, outside one of the distilleries. Like you could see, I don't know, the Goo Goo Dolls will be there signing <laughs> bottles. I want so to. You have to get, you have to get Metal Blade Vodka from this specific region in France. Otherwise, it's just nuclear blast vodka. Oh, that's true. That's true. Uh, I know that you don't drink or whatever, but uh, the the whole thing with vodka is that it's all the fucking same. Like it's literally all the goddamn same. There is no, there is nothing to it. <laughs> it's just rubbing alcohol. It, it just, it's just rubbing alcohol. People claim that they can tell the difference between like an expensive one and a cheap one, and I think they're liars. Um. Anyway, so I will say that twenty one ninety nine for your, you know, specifically branded novelty vodka, probably not that bad. I think that's okay. Uh, you know. Yeah, it's it. It should all probably be in a a plastic bottle with three X's and cost five dollars. But you know, sometimes we got to do nice things for our fortieth anniversary of our label. Uh, well, I'm gonna try to track that down here in Dallas, and uh, we'll uh, we'll drink this cheap shit on uh, on the air and see how it's going. Just get blasted on cheap metal blade vodka while we record. I think I think that's a fun idea. I think I think that we'll do that for a future episode. Uh, so anybody uh, has a line on where I can actually go buy this in person, I'd love to know. God, just me desperately trying to wrangle a drunk you and a stone Breno. Just, please, guys, just focus on the show. We have all these things to talk about. I don't think it'd be that much different from how I am on a normal episode. <laughs> <laughs> I am not that focused. <laughs> Maybe a little looser with the things you said. Yeah, perhaps, perhaps. Uh, well, I think that's probably about it for me then. Uh, you about ready to get on out of here? Yeah, let's enjoy our Labor Day weekend. Enjoy not laboring. Uh, remember, give us money on Patreon, listen to that episode with Breno, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Listening to 66.6 FM, Radio TOVH, The Flush.